give God glory, we give God honor, and we give God praise. Our message this morning from the theme, A New Year, A New Beginning, A New Vision. A New Year, A New Beginning, A New Vision. God's covering over the saints. God's covering many texts over the saints. Our text is found in Ephesians, the first chapter, verses 15 to 23, and we find these words. And in this confidence, let's flip over just a little bit here. In the 15th verse, wherefore I also, after I heard of your belief in Anonai Yeshua and love unto all the Kadoshim, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that Yahuwah of our Anonai Yeshua HaMashiach, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the Ruach Chokna. Vazan, which is the Holy Spirit, in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of his glory of the inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe. According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrote in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at the, his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principalities, powers, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to call out the, to the called out assembly, which is the body of his fullness of him that is, that fills all in all. Let us pray. Father, we bless you, we praise you, we thank you for this hour, for this moment. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come in and teach us and share with us. Help us, Lord God, as we study thy word today. Bring forth words of encouragement, uplift, inspire, Lord God, and revive us according to your will and your purpose as we begin a brand new year and we seek your guidance. We ask that in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Our message this morning, Paul writes this letter, or within this letter, this prayer to the church at Ephesus, or the Ephesian Christian church. And in his letter, he talks about the importance of the relationship of the church to Christ himself. He tells us here in these first few verses, it is imperative that we understand how he felt about the church how he felt about the saints and the believers and those that put their faith and trust in God. And he said, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and Onai Yeshua. 
He said, and your love unto all the saints. Then he said, cease, I cease not to give thanks for you. He said, I'm praying for you. Every time I bow before God, I lift you up in my prayers. I ask his blessings upon you. Paul writes this because he understands that the nation of Israel or the Jewish nation prior to this time of these epistles had the same blessing of Jehovah over their lives, the Yahuwah, which he told them, he said, the saints are God's chosen people, the holy ones who he has placed his love, his grace and his mercy over their lives. For their protection and for their uh, for, for, for watching over them and keeping them throughout the ages, even up into this present moment. Mark tells us in the 12th chapter in verse 29 to 31, he said, the first commandment of all is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. This is the first commandment. And then he said, and the second is like this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then he said, there is no other commandment greater than these. Love is essential in the church. And that is the message that God has given me for the last three or four months is to keep talking about unity and love and brotherly love and fellowship in the church. Because people have lost it and forgotten all about their problem. See, Ephesians, the church at Ephesus had this problem. If you look in the book of Revelation, the second chapter, God got on them because they had left their first love, who was Christ our Savior. He said, you've left your first, he said, you've done everything I told you to do, but you've forgotten one thing. You're forsaking your first love. Now get back to loving one another. Get back to serving one another. Get back to fellowshipping and appreciating and bring the unity of the fellowship in the body of Christ back into the fold of the congregation or the called out assembly of God's people is what Paul tells this church. He encourages the church. And if you go back to Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, and the 9th verse, he says, the Lord shall establish the a holy people unto himself. He was talking to the nation of Israel. As he hath sworn to thee, if thou shalt keep his commandments, the commandments of the Lord thy God, and walk in his way. He said, I'm going to watch over you. I'm going to protect you. I have established you as my own people. And because I have established you, continue to walk in love. Continue to walk in unity. To continue to have fellowship one among another. He tells the church as we go on down into, look at verse number 16. He says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that Yahuwah, the, of our Ananias, Yeshua Hamashiach, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of revelation. Revelation is a spiritual gift from God. He said, I wanted to give you the spirit of revelation so that he would reveal unto you things that you may not know. They may bring an open unto your, your mind and to your heart things that you may not know, that you may be able to perceive, receive, understand, and apply these things unto your own life. Paul gave thanks for their faith in God, but he also petitioned God to give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He said, I want you to know more and more about me. 
I want you to understand more and more about me. Paul said, I want you to learn more about Christ. I want you to know, learn more about him in your life so that you walk in your fellowship, your relation with him. It's the one thing to know, but it's another thing to do. And when you look at that word agape, the word love, that word means more doing than feeling. Phileo means, phileo means to feel. But, but the Bible says that the word agape means to take action, to do, and to show God's compassion, his love among the fellowship of believers. I've heard several of you say the atmosphere in this place has changed quite a bit since the ministry headship leadership has changed but God wants love and unity to manifest among the brethren Christ had 12 disciples and he fellowshiped with them and he stayed in communion with them and he stayed in contact with those leaders those soon to be apostles that he uh, he, he finally ordained and orchestrated them to go out and to tell of the good news of the gospel of the savior the gospel of God the gospel of the kingdom he wanted them to be equipped, but he wanted them to know that he had love and compassion for them right where they were. Yeah. Judas was what? He was a thief, and he also portrayed Christ, but he still had love for him. Yeah. Peter always got in trouble, and he was a cursing brother, but God, Christ, always what? Prayed for him. Oh See, Peter denied him, but he what? Always prayed for him. He kept, he kept communion with them. He fellowship with them. And he had love and compassion for them, even though they weren't perfect. And the same is with the church today. The church is not perfect, but it's the best thing that God has to offer. I was on my page this morning, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, Who have you invited to Christ today? This is the first Sunday of the new year. And a friend of mine was talking, and she said, Pray for me. And I said, have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? And she said, no. And I said, repeat this prayer with me. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the mouth confession is made unto repentance and with the heart one believeth unto salvation. And I said, repeat that prayer. And after you repeat that prayer, I said, if you've said that in sincerity, I said, welcome to the body of Christ. One soul, the heaven rejoices over one soul that receives Christ as Lord and Savior. And she received him as Lord and Savior of her life this morning. So there's another soul on the first day of a brand new year that have what? Come to Christ as Lord and Savior. And I said, now that you've given Christ your life, things are going to start changing for you. Your life is going to change. The love of God is going to manifest and take over your heart and you're going to start dropping all of those things that's unholy and ungodly and unrighteous. Don't worry about doing it yourself. Christ will do the work inside of you through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that's now at work in your heart. That's what he said. He tells us, show the love, not just talk about it, but show, go out and tell somebody, whether they join here or somewhere else, tell them about the goodness of God. All you've got to do is share your testimony. People will eventually pick up on what you're learning and what you're doing and what's going on in here. And they're going to want to know and come and hear what's going on. They want to know about Christ. They want to know all the gospel and the things of God that's working and going on in the church. The Bible tells us in Shepherds, let's look at verse 18. He said, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of the calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the Kadoshim or in the saints. The Bible tells us, he says, you need to know that your inheritance 
is in me. That I receive my inheritance in you. Christ says the inheritance of the kingdom of God is when we are received by him. His inheritance is the saints. His inheritance is the body of Christ. His inheritance is the bridegroom. His inheritance is the bride herself. When the church comes into its inheritance of the kingdom of God, Christ receives the inheritance of the church. It's twofold. We receive the blessings and the promise of Christ in eternity, and Christ receives the inheritance and the promise that the Father said, I will give them unto you. The body of Christ becomes his inheritance. The body of Christ becomes the people of his chosen and all of those that confess him as Lord and Savior. So there is a blessing. He said, I want you to know that you are my inheritance. I want you to know that you're the blessing of the kingdom. I want you to know that you are here because I've been what? Praying for you. I gave my life for you. I died on the cross. I resurrected and I prayed for you and I continue to pray for you even to this day through the gospel. Through the word of the Almighty, through the power of the Holy Spirit, which worketh in you. Luke tells us in chapter 2. Well, let's look at John, chapter 1, verse 14. Peter, James, and John saw that by privilege the glory of Christ on the Mount of Transfiguration. His glory was revealed unto them. What is his glory? What is the glory of Christ? It is his appearance, the aura of the Almighty. It is the, the, the revelation or the revealing of his majesty to you and I, the human race. That's what he says when he is revealing himself, when he's opening up and showing us the glory of the presence and the power of him in the earth. Luke tells us in 2 and 9, and lo, the angel came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone around about them. Christ spoke of the power and the glory or the great glory that would appear at his return to redeem the church at his second coming. He said there's going to be glorious, amazing, great power when I ascend into the earth to take the church. When I stand on the clouds with all the holy angels and say gather my inheritance so that we can go into eternity into the Father and celebrate at the table of rejoicing he tells the body of Christ you are my inheritance rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in the kingdom of the almighty God Bible tells us and shares with us in Luke 21 27 and then shall they see the son of man coming in the cloud with great power and glory Paul said that God may give unto you the spirit of revelation, the spirit of wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to take what God has taught us and showed us and shared with us and use it for his glory, rightly for his glory. The wisdom is rightly using what you've got, rightly using what you've learned. When a doctor goes to school and he receives the medical degree, he is then pronounced a doctor not because he went to school, but because he has obtained, he has learned, and he's become skillful in the training that he received in the medical profession in school so that when he go out to practice, he know how to rightly use prescriptions and medications 
so that people don't overdose and die. That's what he's saying. See, that's what wisdom is. It gives you the ability, it gives you the talent you need in order to rightly use what God has given unto you. God's wisdom is the ability to discern and apply knowledge and understanding in one's life effectively for the use and the purpose of carrying out God's will and calling for your life. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 1 and 27, but God has chosen the foolish things in the world to confound the wise, and God has chosen the weak things to confound the mighty. So those that think they've made it are the foolish. Those who they say are foolish are the wise, according to the word of God. I use what I choose, is what he's basically saying in this scripture. I choose those who I use, and I employ them, and I equip them with the power, the wisdom, the talent, and the knowledge that they need to go forth and share the gospel of my kingdom. The word of God tells us and shares with us that the revelation knowledge comes from God himself. He will reveal himself to those who believe, put their faith and trust in him after they've made the confession of their sins and say, Father, come into my heart and be what? Lord of my life. And he continues to equip and empower, encourage, uplift, and elevate them according to his will and his purpose. For what he's called them for. Everybody in here have a calling on your life. Everybody in here is important to the kingdom of God because he don't make no junk. Everybody is somebody in the eyes of the eternal God, in the eyes of the Savior, in the eyes of Christ, the Redeemer. Whether you have confessed him or not, you are somebody in his presence. You're somebody in his eyes. He says he wanted them, he wanted to open the eyes of their understanding. See, we have the physical eyes, which limits our ability. He told Habakkuk to what? Write the vision. Make it plain. So that when they see it, they can take it and run with it. He says, open the eyes of their understanding. Look at verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according unto the working of his mighty power, which has wrought the Messiah when he raised him from the dead and set him on the right hand of him in heavenly places, far above all principalities, powers, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named in the heavens above. Not in this world, but also in that which is to come. He says, I want you to be equipped for your purpose and for what I've called you to. I want you to be ready when the time comes for your ministry to go into operation. For when the day comes when you have to minister to somebody about what your life experience was. I was reading Apostle Michelle Peterson's uh, biography and she told about all of the things that she had experienced and all that she'd gone through in her life. And it was very emotional and very touching to know that she had experienced so much in her lifetime. She is an author. She's a minister, pastor of a congregation, and she's a fiery woman of God that's going forth 
and telling people about the goodness of Christ and how to be converted into righteousness, holiness, and how to live a pure and clean life. But if you read her biography, you can see why she's on fire for God. Because she didn't spare anything in her testimony. She told it all. The good, the ugly, the bad, and the fact that God, Christ, the Savior, redeemed her out of, out of all of it. And put her in a place where he can use her for his glory. And that's what he's saying to the church today. You are the saints and I want you to be in that place with knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, and revelation of me. So that you can be used for my glory. He says that to the church. He reminds us. He wants us to be in the light. He said the eyes of your heart. Not your physical eyes. Your spiritual heart. Your spiritual eyes. So the, the heart itself has eyes that can comprehend as well as see the things of God. The glory of God. And also see the evil. Vindictiveness. Hatred. And all of the ungodly things that's going on in our world. But he says I want your eyes enlightened so that you can go forth. And share the goodness of Christ. And share the goodness of the gospel. He says, I want the spirit within you to empower your heart and your soul. And to overpower and transform your mind so that you can be used for the glory of the most high. To know what is the hope of his calling. And the an invitation to become an eternal member of the kingdom of almighty God. He says, to the riches of his glory and for the inheritance which is in every one of us for himself. As I said before, he is the one who inherits us. We are the ones who inherits the blessings of the kingdom of heaven when we get into eternity. And he comes to reign and rule among us for a thousand years. He says, love one another. The love of Christ in our hearts is his plan for our lives. To fulfill his purpose in the earth, not just in this ministry, but in ministries around the world. In churches everywhere, it is about the called out assembly. That's what that word ecclesia means, the called out. The called out, the chosen, the Greek word ecclesia means the called out assembly of God. The chosen of God. Israel, those 12 tribes, are the called out, the elect, the chosen, chosen of God. Not the apostles in Israel. Those canonies. We know who they are. They'll never admit it. But the truth is going to come out one day and it's going to be revealed that they are apostles. Some of them already know it. And they're already saying those black Hebrews you see in the United States and in, 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 in England and other places around the world in France, those black people are the true descendants of the Hebrew nations. That we ran, destroyed, murdered, and killed over 200 million of. Talk about 6 million Jews that Hitler killed. He didn't do nothing compared to what was done to African Americans and to Jews. All that were in West Africa when they ran to escape to save themselves from those that were trying to enslave them and bring them to countries in the West like America. England and France, Mexico and all these other places where he, he says, my people, I have sent them to nations around the world. They are everywhere. They're not just in one place. We're all over the world. The true Israelites who God has what? 
orchestrated because of disobedience to be in all these nations. But he said, the time is coming when I'm going to gather my sheep. I'm going to gather those that belong to me. I have not forsaken Israel. I have not forgotten Israel. They are the love of my heart. He said, Israel is the apple of my eye. They are a royal people, a holy and peculiar nation. They are strangers among worlds all around the globe. But the day is going to come when I myself going to step down out of heaven and stand on the clouds and say, gather them and bring them to me. See, the time is about to be fulfilled for the Gentiles. The Gentiles have so much time to come into a relationship with Christ. But the day is going to come when their time will end. And when that happens, God's going to open their eyes and say, whoa, my people, look at them. Look at the glory of God all over them. Look at the power and the presence of God all over them. Look at the anointing of God all over my people, the Israelites. And they're going to realize they have been sold alive for centuries. And God is going to be the one through Christ who reaps what belongs to him. His treasure, his inheritance. Those who continue to keep their faith and trust and reliance and assurance in him. Paul prayed the spirit of God would open the eyes of the nation of Israel. Open the eyes of those Gentiles in Ephesians or in Ephesus who was trying to find a relationship with Christ. He prayed for them. He said, not the physical, but the eyes of the heart. Why? To know God. To have a relationship with him. To fellowship with him. To live with him eternally. He says, to know that you have a future. The promises of God. Open their eyes. And then he says, Show them that they have a future. They have an eternity to live and reign in the kingdom of heaven with Christ our Savior. He says, show them that I have placed upon them revelation knowledge and power and wisdom to know me in my fullness so that when they share their testimonies and tell other people about me, the power and the glory of God increases in their lives and they are elevated from one degree to another degree till the time comes when they depart this life. Christ is above all. He is ruler of all. The church, the assembly, the called out, the immeasurable power of Christ reigns and rules in all of our hearts as we seek, trust, and rely upon him. And as we do so, he gives us a future. He gives us a hope. He gives us a vision. He gives us direction and guidance. And he leads us into the paths of righteousness, holiness, and pureness until the day of his redemption, of the call out assembly, of the elect, of his inheritance, the saints and all who put their faith and trust in him, rejoice in him and give him glory and praise. For he is almighty, he is the strong one, the ruler, the omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent, almighty. And God be the glory for his goodness. God be the glory for his grace and mercy. A new year, a new beginning, a new opportunity, a new vision. Being covered as children of God, 
the inheritance of Christ and his kingdom world without end but for the saints who are called out and chosen by him. May God bless you today. May heaven smile upon you. Let us pray. Father, we bless you. We praise you. We glorify you. We magnify you. We thank you for your word. We praise you for your goodness and for your mercy. We ask now, Father, that you would continue to watch over the body of Christ. Continue to strengthen the hearts and the minds and the souls of your people. Pour out your revelation knowledge. Pour out your wisdom. Pour out your understanding in their lives and give them vision to see your holiness and your purity and walk according to your righteousness and the word that you've given unto us. Guide us, O Father, and let us see the goodness of you through the enlightening and the enlightenment of our hearts, bringing glory and praise and honor to you in all things as the believers by love, faith, and trust in you. We give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. We magnify and edify is our servant's prayer. In Christ's mighty name we pray and ask you. And all of God's people say it. Amen and praise God. From the book of 2 Timothy, the third chapter, the first five verses, our theme, Grievous Times in America. Grievous Times in America. Let us pray. Father, we bless you this morning. We praise you. We worship you. We adore you. We exalt you. We thank you for looking over us and watching over us and keeping us and protecting us all night long and allowing us to wake up early this morning to come into the place of worship one more time. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise, and we thank you for all of your goodness and all of your mercy. Come in among us now through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit and teach us, guide, and lead us today, for we can do nothing without you, but we know that all things are possible through you, our Savior, our righteous King. We give you glory now. We give you honor. We magnify and glorify your holy and righteous name. And all of God's people said. Amen. From the second chapter of, from the third chapter of Second Timothy, we find these words. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy without natural affection, truce-breakers, false accusers, inconticent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. From the theme, grievous times, in America, we have had a very profound demonstration uh, of, of behavior by insurrectionists in our country on last week. We had people go into the capital of the United States and create insurrection, create turmoil through destruction and tearing up of our nation's capital. 
we find that the Bible tells us that these things would happen in our lifetime. When Paul wrote this letter to Timothy, he was in a Roman prison. But he warned Timothy of coming events such as these that we are now experiencing right here in America. The, the, the word of God tells us that there is evil and immoral behavior, harshness and danger among our nation and our races. There are things going on within this country that if the truth were told, it would probably shock us even worse than what we saw on last week. Every headline tells us about something different that is manifesting from the events of last week. There is corruption. There is ungodliness and unholiness from the very top of the leadership in our nation. Ephesians tells us in the fifth chapter in the 16th verse, he says, redeem the time because the days are evil. There is corruption within the world. Corruption that Paul talks about even within the church. Men become lovers and they gratify their own lusts more than they praise and worship and give God thanks for his goodness and do the duties from the purpose for which he has called them. When every man is eager for what he can get, and anxious to keep what he has, this makes men dangerous one to another. When a man don't have fear of God, he don't have fear or regard for other men. Our children are even disobedient to parents. Uh, that, that, that creates the pearliest times of our generation, of our time. Men become unholy and without fear for God. They don't have any reverence or respect for God. We can tell by the events that's going on or that went on in Washington, D.C. They become abusers of the gifts that God has given them. Paul was talking to Timothy, but he was talking about false preachers and false prophets and people that rise up and usurp authority in places where they shouldn't be. And that's what we saw happen in our nation's capital last week. People that had no business inside of that building in there doing things and saying they're doing it in the name of democracy. What democracy were they working for? Because it wasn't ours. The Bible tells us and shares with us, these are pearliest times. When parents are without natural affection, loving their children and children loving their parents. And there is no desire for love of each other or children. When men love, no rule or have no rule over their own spirits. In other words, the enemy slips in, captivates the mind because of the things that have been said and played and rehearsed and said and played and rehearsed again and again and again. And it leads people to believe all of the lies, all of the false theories and all of the things that are not even true. But because they have so, so much respect for one person... They are follow through on the things that that person tells them to do. That's why insurrection is so dangerous in any society. Because when you have a person that put their faith in a man and not in their God, anything is subject to happen. And we are witnesses, eyewitnesses. Who would have ever believed that we 
as the people would ever live to see or experience such ruthlessness, uncaring, unconcerned, corruption, and filth from the highest position in our nation. But Paul reminds us, he tells us that these things will be, these things will happen. Many sermons this morning won't even address this. They'll go on with life as usual and talk about other things. But we need to prepare our minds and our hearts to know that these events are not just beginning. They're going to continue. The Bible says they will get worse and worse. We're just waiting to see what's going to be revealed next. But the enemy is alive and well in our democracy and doing everything to destroy this nation. And we need to be praying for our leaders and praying for our nation and for our country. And most of all, for the brethren in the fellowship of God's house and all of the saints in the assembly of God. The Bible tells us and shares with us, be aware of all these things that are ungodly and unholy, for they will come. Men will come up against you. Men will fight you. They are only interested in what brings pleasure to themselves. It's all about having a carnal mind. And a carnal mind is a narrow mind. And whenever you have that mind where it's all about me, myself, and I, you don't care about anything or anybody but yourself. And that was the problem that Paul addressed in, uh, when he spoke to Timothy about the situation that was going on within the church. Paul said, from such do what? Turn away. He says, withdraw thyself. You have men of corrupt minds, prejudice, that will fight against the truth, not only in God's house, but we saw it on the nation's capital. They fight the truth. See, Romney said, the way that you break these people down, the way that you correct the error, is tell them the truth. Which was one of the most profound statements he could have made. But he warned America from the beginning that this would happen if they put Trump in office. But America didn't mind. They, 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 they got it made. This is a country that believes nothing can go wrong. Nothing can happen to us. We are uh, uh, that type of country that we just believe that everything's going to be all right. But that's not so. Because the scripture tells us differently to prepare ourselves for these times and for the things that's happening. In the city uh, in Egypt, the Egyptian magicians had a very similar experience where the spirits of the devil came in and took over and they believed lies and all sorts of untruths and destroyed their government. Why? Because when you believe a lie, you will act upon that lie. When somebody encourages you to do something evil, you're going to go do something evil. And that's exactly what happened on Wednesday. They were encouraged. They were inspired by the nation's leader, the president of the United States currently. But my prayer is God will continue to cover us because Satan is on the rampage. He's loose and running wild. And the Bible says he's going to kill. He's going to steal. He's going to destroy. Now think about all those people that went to Washington last week, all on a lie. And it cost five people their lives. Somebody's going to give an account at the judgment. For all of those lies that were lost behind lies and fake news and theories and all of this stuff that has come across uh, in our government. Yes. See, Paul addresses things like this. He said, 
also know that in the last days, perilous times will come. Mankind will thwart the work of Christ and bring heavy burdens on themselves and on the church. Christ put it this way in Matthew, in this way in Matthew 7, 15 and 16, 8. He says, beware of false prophets which come unto you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by what? Their fruit, their behavior, their actions. Ever since Trump has been in the White House, we have had one catastrophe, one incident. People have been getting killed ever since he went in there in 2016. And the most died up at the Capitol on Wednesday and Thursday because the, the officer that died, died Thursday. But the reality is, he could care less. The flags hadn't been lowered to half-staff. He hasn't made any real public addresses to the nation about peace and unity. He could care less. He's on his way out. And all he's going to do everything destructive he can to destroy this nation between now and then if they don't soon get him out of there. My prayer, and you pray, that he'll just resign and go get on the plane and go into the woods somewhere and, re- and stay there forever. Bible tells us and shares with us, be aware of the enemy because he's on the loose. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. And that's what's going on in America. All of that's happening in this nation. And he said, these things are going to happen. You're going to find blasphemy, people going up in the name of somebody else and then doing the things that they did and destroyed the capital. And they did it in the name of democracy. How about that? And I said, Lord, somebody called me. I said, Lord, I was walking around the pews, all around the pews, just walking around the pews, praying and talking on the phone. Lord, protect our people. Lord, cover our people. Lord, protect our nation. Lord, protect the saints. Lord, spare lives. Because when they told me, the first thing I said is, somebody going to get killed up there. And that's exactly what manifested. And, you know, so a lot of those people went up there for what was right. But that was not what happened. But the Bible says two or three don't walk together. Let's what? They agree. So on many levels, they agreed to supporting what was going on. They may not have known all of what was going to happen. But they agreed because they went up there in the thousands. They had a number of over 30,000 people that went there for that reason. And you think of 74 million people support that man. 74 million voted for him to be president again. And we have a lot to be concerned with and about in this nation because of that type of thinking. When people don't realize that somebody can be so dangerous to our society. Let me get back to my topic. The violent uprising against the authority in our government was a rebellion, an insurrection of the people who were told lies, who were told untruths, and who believed it to the core. And sometimes when you believe something to the core, it can cost you even your very life. And people paid with their lives for what was wrong, not what was right. What was right had already happened. We're about to receive a new president, but they gave their lives. If you're going to give your life, give it for Christ. 
Give it for something good. Give it for something righteous. Give it for something true. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Not cause you to go into chaotic force or torse and kill and destroy people. If, if something going to cause you to get on the fight and create atrocities and do murdering, you know that ain't no truth. When did the truth cause people to get killed? Only when it was the truth for Christ. They became mortals and gave their lives. Wars were fought all over this nation. World War I, World War II, Vietnam, the Civil War. All of these wars were fought for freedom and what was right. Now we have insurrection in the country and people fighting, believing the wrong. You know, the Bible says people call wrong right and right wrong. That's the scripture. That's God's word. He tells us and he shares that with us. No self-control. Truce breakers. Believe one thing, say one thing, and do another. Yes. Say, we're going to back off. And the president's been saying that all since he's been in the White House. It's going to get better. And I ain't seen better yet. Better must be in a box somewhere. And they're going to release it in a couple days. But so far, I haven't seen it. But see, this is something we need to talk about. We need to address what's going on in our nation. Amen. We need to know what's happening. There's a lot going on. The scripture tells us that there will be no self-control. People would be high and strong-tempered, lacking moderation, fierce, aggressive, destructive behavior, despisers of what is good and loving what is bad, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. People got up there and gloated and talked about how good it was to be in there sitting in these people's offices and this is our house and all of these ungodly things that, you know, if that would have been God's house, it would have been a difference. But if that had been us up there, it would have been a different. It would have been a different outcome. Blood would have been everywhere. They'd have had trucks up there moving bodies if it had been us. But I thank God there were so few of us there that we can't be accused of any of that. It's always good to be in the right place at the right time so you're not accused of the wrong thing. Always give God thanks. Say, Father, thank you I didn't go. You know, I wouldn't want to go to even take a picture. One fella did go. He went as a cameraman, a, a black gentleman. I forgot his name now, but he went up there to, to write the story and, and give his uh, 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 a commentary on what was going on, and they arrested him as a part of the insurrection. See? Because he was in the wrong place with the right idea, the right reason, but he was in the wrong place. And he's got to pay now because of it. Let's go a little bit further. Peter tells us in two, uh, the second Peter 2 and 2, and many shall follow their pernicious ways Insidious, corrupt, irreparable, harmful, being poisoned in mind to destroy, detrimental, to be disastrous, to act with reasons of ungodliness and unholiness and unrighteousness. These things will manifest. Remember the Bible tells us in Revelations there's going to be three and a half years of tribulation. And three and a half years of great tribulation. That's the scripture. That's what the word of God teach. 
And we have to be aware of that. Timothy told Paul, be aware. Open your eyes so that you can see what's going on. They were fighting and carrying on and, and, and uh, 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 these things going on in the church. So Paul, he's in a Roman prison, but he said, Timothy, let me tell you what you're going to have to experience now. Pay attention and listen to me. Paul wrote Timothy and told him what to expect in the church. And he was talking to the church, and a lot of what we see now is probably going on in the church too. It just ain't manifested yet. The psalmist tells us in 105 verses 14 and 15, but even in all of this, God is going to look out for his people. He's going to protect his very own. He says what? He says he suffered them, no man to touch them or do them wrong. And he said he reproved kings for the sake of his people. That's why when I saw what was going on, I began to pray for our people. That God would protect them and God would cover them and keep them safe. And keep them out of that area. And most of them had sense enough not to go in that area. And thank God that they uh, uh, listened to the spirit within them and stayed out of that area. He told them uh, in, in, in the 15th verse, he said, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. He told the church in Hebrews 10 and 23, let us hold fast to our profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promise. God said, keep your focus on me, on Christ, on the Savior. Because he has promised to protect and watch over us. And he says, no harm will kill come near our dwelling. Thousand may fall at the right side, 10,000 at the left side. But no harm will come to you if you're in a relationship with Christ and you have your focus in the right place. He says, trust not man. Put your trust where? In God. Trust God in all things. He said, lean not unto your own understanding. And that's what got a lot of people in trouble. Trusting and leaning to what they think because somebody told them something. But it's bad when you are deceived. And it's double bad when you act on the deception. And that's exactly what happened in Washington. They were already deceived. And then they ran up there and they're going to take over. God said, not so. This is my house. <laughs> I will, these people are anointed to do what they're doing. That's the government. God anointed the government to go up there and do what they were doing. He said, you're not going to do it in my house. And everyone involved will be arrested. It's just a matter of time of tracking them down, but they're going to get every last one of them. And they should get him for treason and for creating the insurrection. Jive, turkey. I think some of y'all ain't heard that word in a, in a long time. The Bible tells us and shares with us as we begin to close and wrap this up. He says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the matter of some is, but exalting one another and so much more as ye see the day approaching. Paul said, Encourage each other as members of the body of Christ. Say things that inspire and uplift and bring liberty and life and freedom to the hearts and the minds of people because people are broken. Somebody said, and I'm just going to give you a paraphrase of what they said, and they wrote it on Facebook. They said, uh, 
uh, uh, they said, I think I'm going to cancel my subscription to 2021. I've taken a seven-day trial, and I don't like what I see. Think about that for a minute. So they canceled their subscription to the year 2021. Quote, unquote. Because we went out of a year, and the years begin with worse than what we experienced last year. Not to mention we got a pandemic on top of all of this. And that's going to what intensify the spread because there were so many of them, probably about 70, 80 percent of them didn't even have on masks. But we have to keep praying, Lord, pray for this nation because we need prayer. The nation needs prayer. People need prayer because prejudice and unholiness and ungodliness and all these people. You know, America says this nation is over 75 percent Christian. I'm still trying to find all of them. That's Christian on Sunday and God only knows what on Monday. The word says if you're going to walk right and live, he said lay down your cross, lay down your your burdens, lay down your your thinking, pick up your cross and what? Follow me and follow me daily is what Christ said. Drop your pride, pick up your cross and follow me daily. And if you're following Christ daily, a lot of the things that the world's doing in us that we're seeing in our nation and other places around the world, the church wouldn't get involved in those things because this nation is going to need the church. It might be empty now, but before this is all over and done with, this nation is going to need the church. They're going to be happy to open the doors of the church back up. Bible tells us in Acts 2.42, and they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and prayer. We must pray for each other. Why? Matthew tells us because it is a blessing. The blessings of prayer cover us. It may not be, it don't have to be a long prayer. Just simply pray whatever God puts on your heart. Father, cover me and my family. Cover the church. Bless the members. So read the scripture. The Bible is full of prayers all through the scripture. From, the, from Revelations, from Genesis to Revelations, the Bible is full of prayers. If you read the Psalms, most of them are prayers that David and some of the other Psalms prayed. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquities, and cleanse me from my sin. That is a prayer that David prayed. Creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. A prayer for this nation that needs to be prayed daily. See, he prayed. David said, Lord, have mercy. He prayed, he even prayed for his enemies. In Psalm 55. He deals with them too. The Bible tells us in Chesilus, Paul said in Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called, are the called according unto his purpose. Yes. He says, you're going to experience things. You're going to go through. You're going to, what he said, look, look, at, uh, look at this uh, Matthew 5, 10 and 12. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. It better be for righteousness sake. Uh-huh. Notice he said persecuted, not killed. Right. <laughs> for theirs is what? The kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. For my name's sake. See, he puts the operative reasons in these verses. He said, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. See, they were prophets before you that went through the same thing. That experienced the same thing that you're experiencing now. But Paul told Timothy, stay focused. Keep preaching. They don't want to hear it. Tell it anyway. They don't want to see the truth. Show them the truth anyway. He said the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust will they heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears. They want to hear what the preacher got to say to tickle their ears and make them feel good. But God says you need the word. The word is what strengthens you and gives you the power, gives you the encouragement, gives you life and liberty that says, yes, I'm going to make it this week. Even though the devil doesn't beat you down and wore you down all week long, you come to the house of God to be uplifted, to be inspired, to be encouraged that I can make it. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the what? Strength. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm above. I'm not beneath. I'm the head. I'm not the tail. I'm somebody in Christ. Yeshua, my Savior. Paul said, you have to remember them. Remind them that, that he said, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exalt with all long suffering and doctrine. He said, whatever you got to go through, Timothy, go through it. But continue to preach the word so that the people can be exalted, so the people can feel inspired, so that they know there is hope, even though you may not see it. It's kind of like a, a, when you're sick and you say, Lord, heal me. Lord, heal me. It don't seem like healing going to never come. But one day you keep praying that prayer and what happens? You don't feel it no more. All of a sudden, you're back to your normal self. But you just keep asking and praying and trusting and believing and hoping and having faith in the process, in the word, and keep reading the word of healing and keep trusting God and keep doing what the scripture says and following Christ our Savior. He said, follow me, Paul said, as I follow who? Christ. Paul was in jail. He, 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 he got to the point where he says, I don't think I'm coming out of this situation I'm in. But I want to give you instructions, Timothy. So you will know how to carry on the ministry and what to do with the church is what he told Timothy. He said, stay focused. Timothy had to stay on course. He had to stay focused. He had to preach the gospel of Christ and the kingdom. And he had to tell the men and women of that day whether they wanted to hear it or not. Because it was for their own benefit. See, the ministry is not over when service is over. The pastor has to pray over the congregation. He has to keep you uplifted in prayer. He should call and check on members and be sure they're doing well. Go by, visit the sick when he can. There are things that the ministry require more than just Sunday morning service at 11 o'clock. You have preparation all week long. Sermons begin on Sunday afternoon when I leave here. They don't start when I come in the pulpit on Sunday morning. There's a preparation period. And you have to, a lot of things you experience before you even teach it. And all of us experience what went on last week. <laughs> to God be the glory that no more lives were lost than they were. And may he give us deliverance from this person that's sitting in the White House. 
between now and the 20th of January. Hopefully before that time, my prayer is that he just resign. Like I said, get on his plane and let it fly into yonder with no destination. No destination, just let it keep going. No destination, just let it fly. You ever seen somebody, you ever got in your car and drove somewhere and you're riding down the road and you ain't made up your mind, you don't want to go nowhere, you just want to ride and all of a sudden you say, I think I'm going to go by so-and-so's house or I think I'm going to go by the store. You ain't going to know, you ain't got no destination, you're just going to be driving. Get, there, get on the plane and just let it keep going. Don't stop nowhere, just let it keep going. Don't have no destination, just fly. Into yonder space somewhere. Just go wherever. And don't even tell nobody where you went. Just go there and stay there. And ask God for forgiveness. And that's what sometimes people need to do. Seek God for forgiveness. The Bible tells us and the word says, Henceforth, there is, Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And he says, Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not me only, but unto all of them also that love his appearing. All of those that seeking and trusting and relying and depending and walking and following him daily. He says, the reward is coming. Stay focused. The reward is coming. Seek my face. The reward is coming. The time is nigh. Trouble and tribulation on every side, but I'm focused. And I got my eyes fixed on the prize. Paul said, I pressed toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. Don't waver to the right. Don't waver to the left. Stay focused, Timothy. Tell them like it is, whether they want to hear it or not. Share the gospel. Why? Because you're going to give an account when you get to the judgment. He says, follow the doctrines of God. They will benefit your heart. They will inspire your heart, encourage your mind, encourage your soul. He said, love one another for it takes love and fellowship to grow together in the things of God. He said, fear God. That was the problem that they had. No fear of God. Just running around doing what they want to do. Fear God and follow his doctrine. Follow his word. Follow his teaching. Do what he tells you to do. He says, whatever you do, stay in the race. For the race is not given to the swift nor the strong, but to the one who what? Endures until the end. Says, and you will receive, Paul said, there was a crown of life waiting for me. I'm going to get a crown for all that I've done righteously. See, God's going to hold us accountable for what he gave us and what we did with it. We're going to get, you know, what are you doing with the ministry God gave you? Are you applying the principles and telling others about Christ? Or are you just Coming on Sunday and laying it down and picking it up the next time you got to come to church. No, God says, I gave you something. You're being trained. You, you are becoming disciples for Christ. Take the word of God and share it with somebody. Every day you'll have an experience where somebody will need to hear something that God shared with you. They'll want to know what God is doing in your life. They're going to want to know. They're going to want to hear. They're going to want to see. What, what has God done for you? Well, he woke me up this morning, but I'm not feeling well. No, 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 no. He gave you life and health and strength enough to do for yourself. Yes. He protected you and allowed you to come before me who haven't worked off problems and, and matters in my life than you have. And now your testimony is designed to encourage and strengthen and help and uplift and build me. That's what it's about. Paul said, don't quit, Timothy. Keep pressing on. 
Don't quit, church. Keep pressing on. Don't stop praying, church. Keep praying. Don't stop asking. Keep asking. Don't stop seeking. Seek. Keep seeking. Keep calling on the name of the Lord and keep trusting and believing that whatever you ask and believe, you shall receive. Deliverance is nigh, even in your mouth. He said, that's where the word is. That's where the power is. That's where the authority is. And that's where your victory is in the word of God. May God bless you this morning. May heaven smile upon you. Let us pray. Father, we bless you. We praise you. We thank you for this message. Let us accomplish that for which thou hast sent it, the word. Let it pierce the hearts and souls of all of us. And let it be used to glorify, edify, uplift, and inspire the hearts of your people. Bless them and keep them, protect this nation from all of the atrocities and all of the persecutions, all of the trials and tribulations that are going on around us on every side. Bless the assembly of your people and protect their lives. Keep us safe from hurt, harm, and danger from all of the destructions of men and evil in this world. We bind powers of Satan, demonic powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. We come against the prince of the air and loose and call forth the holy angels of God, Michael and Uriel and Jophel, to protect and watch over us. Keep us far. Protect us. Guide us and comfort us. We'll be so careful and so worthy are you of all the praise of the glory from your people. These blessings we ask to create the clear by faith. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, our Savior, Christ the Lord. We pray and ask it this morning. And all of God's people said, Amen. God bless you this morning. May heaven smile upon you. From the book of 2 Timothy, the third chapter, the first five verses, our theme, Grievous Times in America. Grievous Times in America. Let us pray. Father, we bless you this morning. We praise you. We worship you. We adore you. We exalt you. We thank you for looking over us and watching over us and keeping us and protecting us all night long and allowing us to wake up early this morning to come into the place of worship one more time. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise, and we thank you for all of your goodness and all of your mercy. Come in among us now through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit and teach us, guide, and lead us today, for we can do nothing without you, but we know that all things are possible through you, our Savior, our righteous King. We give you glory now. We give you honor. We magnify and glorify your holy and righteous name. And all of God's people said. Amen. From the second chapter of, from the third chapter of Second Timothy, we find these words. This know also 
that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, inconticent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. From the theme, grievous times in America, we have had a very profound demonstration uh, of, of behavior by insurrectionists in our country on last week. We had people go into the capital of the United States and create insurrection, create turmoil through destruction and tearing up of our nation's capital. We find that the Bible tells us that these things would happen in our lifetime. When Paul wrote this letter to Timothy, he was in a Roman prison. But he warned Timothy of coming events such as these that we are now experiencing right here in America. The, the, the word of God tells us that there is evil and immoral behavior, harshness and danger among our nation and our races. There are things going on within this country that if the truth were told, it would probably shock us even worse than what we saw on last week. Every headline tells us about something different that is manifesting from the events of last week. There is corruption, there is ungodliness and unholiness from the very top of the leadership in our nation. Ephesians tells us in the fifth chapter, in the 16th verse, he says, redeem the time because the days are evil. There is corruption within the world. Corruption that Paul talks about even within the church. Men become lovers and they gratify their own lust more than they praise and worship and give God thanks for his goodness and do the duties from the purpose for which he has called them. When every man is eager for what he can get and anxious to keep what he has, this makes men dangerous one to another. When a man don't have fear of God, he don't have fear or regard for other men. Our children are even disobedient to parents. Uh, that, that, that creates the pearliest times of our generation of our time men become unholy and without fear for God they don't have any reverence or respect for God we can tell by the events that's going on or that went on in Washington DC they become abusers of the gifts that God has given them Paul was talking to Timothy but he was talking about false preachers and false prophets and people that rise up and usurp authority in places where they shouldn't be and that's what we saw happen in our nation's capital last week. 
People that had no business inside of that building in there doing things and saying they're doing it in the name of democracy. What democracy were they working for? Because it wasn't ours. The Bible tells us and shares with us, these are pearliest times. When parents are without natural affection, loving their children and children loving their parents. And there is no desire for love of each other or children. When men love, no rule or have no rule over their own spirits. In other words, the enemy slips in, captivates the mind because of the things that have been said and played and rehearsed and said and played and rehearsed again and again and again. And it leads people to believe all of the lies, all of the false theories and all of the things that are not even true. But because they have so, so much respect for one person, they are follow through on the things that that person tells them to do. That's why insurrection is so dangerous in any society. Because when you have a person that put their faith in a man and not in their God, anything is subject to happen. And we are witnesses, eyewitnesses. Who would have ever believed that we as a people would ever live to see or experience such ruthlessness? Uncaring, unconcerned, corruption, and filth from the highest position in our nation. But Paul reminds us, he tells us that these things will be, these things will happen. Many sermons this morning won't even address this. They'll go on with life as usual and talk about other things. But we need to prepare our minds and our hearts to know that these events are not just beginning, they're going to continue. The Bible says they will get worse and worse. We're just waiting to see what's going to be revealed next. But the enemy is alive and well in our democracy and doing everything to destroy this nation. And we need to be praying for our leaders and praying for our nation and for our country. And most of all, for the brethren in the fellowship of God's house. And all of the saints in the assembly of God. The Bible tells us and shares with us. Be aware of all these things that are ungodly and unholy. For they will come. Men will come up against you. Men will fight you. They are only interested in what brings pleasure to themselves. It's all about having a carnal mind. And a carnal mind is a narrow mind. And whenever you have that mind where it's all about me, myself, and I, you don't care about anything or anybody but yourself. And that was the problem that Paul addressed in, uh, when he spoke to Timothy about the situation that was going on within the church. Paul said, from such do what? Turn away. He says, withdraw thyself. You have men of corrupt minds, prejudice. That will fight against the truth, not only in God's house, but we saw it on the nation's capital. They fight the truth. See, Romney said, the way that you break these people down, the way that you correct the error, is tell them the truth. Which was one of the most profound statements he could have made. But he warned America from the beginning that this would happen. If they put Trump in office, but America didn't mind. They, 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 they got it made. This is a country that believes nothing can go wrong. Nothing can happen to us. We are uh, uh, that type of country that we just believe that everything's going to be all right. But that's not so. 
Because the scripture tells us differently to prepare ourselves for these times and for the things that's happening. In the city uh, in Egypt, the Egyptian magicians had a very similar experience where the spirits of the devil came in and took over. And they believed lies and all sorts of untruths and destroyed their government. Why? Because when you believe a lie, you will act upon that lie. When somebody encourages you to do something evil, you're going to go do something evil. And that's exactly what happened on Wednesday. They were encouraged. They were inspired by the nation's leader, the president of the United States currently. But my prayer is God will continue to cover us because Satan is on the rampage. He's loose and running wild. And the Bible says he's going to kill He's going to steal. He's going to destroy. Now think about all those people that went to Washington last week. All on a lie. And it cost five people their lives. Somebody's going to give an account at the judgment. For all of those lies that were lost behind lies and fake news and theories and all of this stuff that has come across uh, in our government. See, Paul addresses things like this. He said, also know that in the last days, earliest times will come. Mankind will thwart the work of Christ and bring heavy burdens on themselves and on the church. Christ put it this way in Matthew, in this way in Matthew 7, 15 and 16, 8. He says, beware of false prophets which come unto you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly there are ravening wolves. You shall know them by what? Their fruit, their behavior, their actions. Ever since Trump has been in the White House, we have had one catastrophe, one incident. People have been getting killed ever since he went in there in 2016. And the most died up at the Capitol on Wednesday and Thursday because the, the officer that died, died Thursday. But the reality is, he could care less. The flags hadn't been lowered to half-staff. He hasn't made any real public addresses to the nation about peace and unity. He could care less. He's on his way out. And all he's going to do everything destructive he can to destroy this nation between now and then if they don't soon get him out of there. My prayer, and you pray, that he'll just resign and go get on the plane and go into the woods somewhere and, re- and stay there forever. Bible tells us and shares with us, be aware of the enemy because he's on the loose. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. And that's what's going on in America. All of that's happening in this nation. And he said, these things are going to happen. You're going to find blasphemy. People going up in the name of somebody else and then doing the things that they did and destroyed the capital. And they did it in the name of democracy. How about that? And I said, Lord, somebody called me. I said, Lord, I was walking around the pews, all around the pews, just walking around the pews, praying and talking on the phone. Lord, protect our people. Lord, cover our people. Lord, protect our nation. Lord, protect the saints. Lord, spare lives. Because when they told me, the first thing I said is, somebody going to get killed up there. And that's exactly what manifested. And, you know, so a lot of those people went up there for what was right. But that was not what happened. 
But the Bible says two or three don't walk together. Let's what? They agree. So on many levels, they agreed to supporting what was going on. They may not know all of what was going to happen, but they agreed because they went up there in the thousands. They had a number of over 30,000 people that went there for that reason. And you think of 74 million people support that man. 74 million voted for him to be president again. And we have a lot to be concerned with and about in this nation because of that type of thinking. When people don't realize that somebody can be so dangerous to our society. Let me get back to my topic. The violent uprising against the authority in our government was a rebellion, an insurrection of the people who were told lies, who were told untruths, and who believed it to the core. And sometimes when you believe something to the core, it can cost you even your very life. And people paid with their lives for what was wrong, not what was right. What was right had already happened. And we're about to receive a new president. But they gave their lives. If you're going to give your life, give it for Christ. Give it for something good. Give it for something righteous. Give it for something true. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Not cause you to go into chaotic force or torch and kill and destroy people. If, if something going to cause you to get on the fight and create atrocities and do murdering, you know that ain't no truth. When did the truth cause people to get killed? Only when it was the truth for Christ. They became mortals and gave their lives. Wars were fought all over this nation. World War I, World War II, Vietnam, the Civil War. All of these wars were fought for freedom and what was right. Now we have insurrection in the country and people fighting Believing the wrong. You know, the Bible says people will call wrong right and right wrong. That's the scripture. That's God's word. He tells us and he shares that with us. No self-control. Truth breakers. Believe one thing, say one thing, and do another. Say, we're going to back off. And the president's been saying that all since he's been in the White House. It's going to get better. And I ain't seen better yet. Better must be in a box somewhere. They're going to release it in a couple days. But so far, I haven't seen it. But see, this is something we need to talk about. We need to address what's going on in our nation. Amen. We need to know what's happening. There's a lot going on. The scripture tells us that there will be no self-control. People would be high and strong-tempered, lacking moderation, fierce, aggressive, destructive behavior, despisers of what is good, and loving what is bad. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. People got up there and gloated and talked about how good it was to be in there sitting in these people's offices and this is our house and all of these ungodly things that, you know, if that would have been God's house, it would have been a difference. But if that had been us up there, it would have been a difference. It would have been a different outcome. Blood would have been everywhere. They'd have had trucks up there moving bodies if it had been us. But I thank God there were so few of us there that we can't be accused of any of that. It's always good to be in the right place at the right time so you're not accused of the wrong thing. 
always give God thanks. Say, Father, thank you. I didn't go. You know, I wouldn't want to go to even take a picture. One fella did go. He went as a cameraman, a, a black gentleman. I forgot his name now, but he went up there to, to write the story and, and give his uh, 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 commentary on what was going on. And they arrested him as a part of the insurrection. See? Because he was in the wrong place with the right idea, the right reason, but he was in the wrong place. And he's got to pay now because of it. Let's go a little bit further. Peter tells us in two, uh, the second Peter 2 and 2, and many shall follow their pernicious ways, insidious, corrupt, irreparable, harmful, being poisoned in mind to destroy, detrimental, to be disastrous, to act with reasons of ungodliness and unholiness and unrighteousness. These things will manifest. Remember the Bible tells us in Revelations there's going to be three and a half years of tribulation and three and a half years of great tribulation. That's the scripture. That's what the word of God teach. And we have to be aware of that. Timothy told Paul, be aware. Open your eyes so that you can see what's going on. They were fighting and carrying on and, and, and uh, 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 these things going on in the church. So Paul, he's in a Roman prison, but he said, Timothy, let me tell you what you're going to have to experience now. Pay attention and listen to me. Paul wrote Timothy and told him what to expect in the church. Yeah. And he was talking to the church, and a lot of what we see now is probably going on in the church too. It just ain't manifested yet. Yeah. The psalmist tells us in 105 verses 14 and 15, but even in all of this, God is going to look out for his people. Amen. He's going to protect his very own. He says what? He says, he suffered them, no man to touch them or do them wrong. And he said, he reproved kings for the sake of his people. That's why when I saw what was going on, I began to pray for our people. That God would protect them and God would cover them and keep them safe. And keep them out of that area. And most of them had sense enough not to go in that area. And thank God that they uh, uh, listened to the spirit within them and stayed out of that area. He told them uh, in, in, in the 15th verse, he said, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. He told the church in Hebrews 10 and 23, let us hold fast to our profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promise. God said, keep your focus on me, on Christ, on the Savior. Because he has promised to protect and watch over us. And he says, no harm will kill come near our dwelling. A thousand may fall at the right side, ten thousand at the left side. But no harm will come to you if you're in a relationship with Christ and you have your focus in the right place. He said, trust not man. Put your trust where? In God. Trust God in all things. He said, lean not unto your own understanding. And that's what got a lot of people in trouble. Trusting and leaning to what they think because somebody told them something. But it's bad when you are deceived. And it's double bad when you act on the deception. And that's exactly what happened in Washington. 
They were already deceived. And then they ran up there and they're going to take over. God said, not so. This is my house. <laughs> I will, these people are anointed to do what they're doing. That's the government. God anointed the government to go up there and do what they were doing. He said, you're not going to do it in my house. And everyone involved will be arrested. It's just a matter of time of tracking them down, but they're going to get every last one of them. And they should get him for treason and for creating the insurrection. Jive, turkey, I think some of y'all ain't heard that word in a long time. The Bible tells us and shares with us as we begin to close and wrap this up. He says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the matter of some is, but exalting one another and so much more as ye see the day approaching. Paul said, encourage each other as members of the body of Christ. Say things that inspire and uplift and bring liberty and life and freedom to the hearts and the minds of people because people are broken. Somebody said, and I'm just going to give you a paraphrase of what they said, and they wrote it on Facebook. They said, uh, 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 they said I think I'm going to cancel my subscription to 2021. I've taken a seven-day trial, and I don't like what I see. Think about that for a minute. So they canceled their subscription to the year 2021. Quote, unquote. Because we went out of a year, and the years begin with worse than what we experienced last year. Not to mention we got a pandemic on top of all of this. And that's going to what intensify the spread because there were so many of them, probably about 70, 80% of them didn't even have on masks. But we have to keep praying. Lord, pray for this nation because we need prayer. The nation needs prayer. People need prayer because prejudice and unholiness and ungodliness and all these people. You know, America says this nation is over 75% Christian. I'm still trying to find all of them. That's Christian on Sunday and God only knows what on Monday. The word says if you're going to walk right, deliver. He said lay down your cross, lay down your, your burdens, lay down your, your thinking, pick up your cross and what? Follow me and follow me daily is what Christ said. Drop your pride, pick up your cross and follow me daily. And if you follow Christ daily, a lot of the things that the world's doing in us that we're seeing in our nation and other places around the world, the church wouldn't get involved in those things because this nation is going to need the church. It might be empty now, but before this is all over and done with, this nation going to need the church. They're going to be happy to open the doors of the church back up. Bible tells us in Acts 2.42 and they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and prayer. Yes. We must pray for each other. Why? Matthew tells us because it is a blessing. The blessings of prayer cover us. It may not be, it don't have to be a long prayer. Just simply pray whatever God put, puts on your heart. Father, cover me and my family. Cover the church. Bless the members. So read the scripture. The Bible is full of prayers all through the scripture. From, the, from Revelations 
From Genesis to Revelation, the Bible is full of prayers. If you read the Psalms, most of them are prayers that David and some of the other psalmists prayed. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. Blot out my transgressions, watch me thoroughly from my iniquities, and cleanse me from my sin. That is a prayer that David prayed. Creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. A prayer for this nation that needs to be prayed daily. See, he prayed. David said, Lord, have mercy. He prayed, he even prayed for his enemies. In Psalms 55. He deals with them too. The Bible tells us and says, as Paul said in Romans 8 and 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called, are the called according unto his purpose. He says, you're going to experience things. You're going to go through. You're going to, what he said, look, look, at, uh, look at this uh, Matthew 5, 10 and 12. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. It better be for righteousness' sake. Notice he said persecuted, not killed. <laughs> for theirs is what? The kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. For my name's sake. See, he puts the operative reasons in these verses. He said, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. See, they were prophets before you that went through the same thing, that experienced the same thing that you're experiencing now. But Paul told Timothy, stay focused. Keep preaching. They don't want to hear it, tell it anyway. They don't want to see the truth, show them the truth anyway. He said, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust will they heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears. They want to hear what the preacher got to say to tickle their ears and make them feel good. But God says you need the word. The word is what strengthens you and gives you the power, gives you the encouragement, gives you life and liberty that says, yes, I'm going to make it this week. Even though the devil doesn't beat you down and wore you down all week long, you come to the house of God to be uplifted, to be inspired, to be encouraged that I can make it. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the what? Strength. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm above. I'm not beneath. I'm the head. I'm not the tail. I'm somebody in Christ. Yeshua, my Savior. Paul said, you have to remember them. Remind them that, that he said, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exalt with all long suffering and doctrine. He said, whatever you got to go through, Timothy, go through it. But continue to preach the word so that the people can be exalted, so the people can feel inspired, so that they know there is hope, even though you may not see it. It's kind of like a, uh, when you're sick and you said, Lord, heal me. Lord, heal me. It don't seem like healing going to never come. But one day you keep praying that prayer and what happens? You don't feel it no more. All of a sudden, you're back to your normal self. But you just keep asking and praying and trusting and believing and hoping and having faith in the process, in the word, and keep reading the word of healing and keep trusting God and keep doing what the scripture says and following Christ our Savior. He said, follow me, Paul said, as I follow who? Christ. Paul was in jail. He, he, he'd gotten to the point where he says, 
I don't think I'm coming out of this situation I'm in. But I want to give you instructions, Timothy, so you will know how to carry on the ministry and what to do with the church, is what he told Timothy. He said, stay focused. Timothy had to stay on course. He had to stay focused. He had to preach the gospel of Christ and the kingdom, and he had to tell the men and women of that day whether they wanted to hear it or not. Because it was for their own benefit. See, the ministry is not over when service is over. The pastor has to pray over the congregation. He has to keep you uplifted in prayer. He should call and check on members and be sure they're doing well. Go by, visit the sick when he can. There are things that the ministry require more than just Sunday morning service at 11 o'clock. You have preparation all week long. Sermons begin on Sunday afternoon when I leave here. They don't start when I come into the pulpit on Sunday morning. There's a preparation period. And you have to, a lot of things you experience before you even teach it. And all of us experience what went on last week. <laughs> to God be the glory that no more lives were lost than they were. And may he give us deliverance from this person that's sitting in the White House between now and the 20th of January. Hopefully before that time, my prayer is that he just resign. Like I said, get on his plane and let it fly into yonder. With no destination. No destination. Just let it keep going. No destination. Just let it fly. You ever seen somebody? You ever got in your car and drove somewhere? And you're riding down the road and you ain't made up your mind. You don't want to go nowhere. You just want to ride. And all of a sudden you say, I think I'm going to go by so-and-so's house. Or I think I'm going to go by the store. You ain't going to know. You ain't got no destination. You're just going to be driving. Get, the, get on the plane and just let it keep going. Don't stop nowhere. Just let it keep going. Don't have no destination. Just fly. Into yonder space somewhere. Just go wherever. And don't even tell nobody where you went. Just go there and stay there. And ask God for forgiveness. And that's what sometimes people need to do. Seek God for forgiveness. The Bible tells us and the word says, Henceforth, there is, Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And he says, Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not me only, but unto all of them also that love his appearing. All of those that seeking and trusting and relying and depending and walking and following him daily, he says, the reward is coming. Stay focused. The reward is coming. Seek my face. The reward is coming. The time is nigh. Trouble and tribulation on every side, but I'm focused. And I got my eyes fixed on the prize. Paul said, I pressed toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. Don't waver to the right. Don't waver to the left. Stay focused, Timothy. Tell them like it is, whether they want to hear it or not. Share the gospel. Why? Because you're going to give an account when you get to the judgment. He says, follow the doctrines of God. They will benefit your heart. They will inspire your heart, encourage your mind, encourage your soul. He said, love one another for it takes love and fellowship to grow together in the things of God. He said, fear God. That was the problem that they had. No fear of God. Just running around doing what they want to do. Fear God and follow his doctrine. Follow his word. Follow his teaching. Do what he tells you to do. He says, whatever you do, stay in the race. For the race is not given to the swift nor the strong, but to the one who what endures until the end. 
says, and you will receive, Paul said, there was a crown of life waiting for me. I'm going to get a crown for all that I've done righteously. See, God's going to hold us accountable for what he gave us and what we did with it. We're going to get, you know, what are you doing with the ministry God gave you? Are you applying the principles and telling others about Christ? Or are you just coming on Sunday and laying it down and picking it up the next time you got to come to church? No, God says, I gave you something. You're being trained. You, you are becoming disciples for Christ. Take the word of God and share it with somebody. Every day you'll have an experience where somebody will need to hear something that God shared with you. They'll want to know what God is doing in your life. They're going to want to know. They're going to want to hear. They're going to want to see. What, what has God done for you? Well, he woke me up this morning, but I'm not feeling well. No, 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 no. He gave you life and health and strength enough to do for yourself. He protected you and allowed you to come before me who haven't worked off problems and, and matters in my life than you have. And now your testimony is designed to encourage and strengthen and help and uplift and build me. That's what it's about. Paul said, don't quit, Timothy. Keep pressing on. Don't quit, church. Keep pressing on. Don't stop praying, church. Keep praying. Don't stop asking. Keep asking. Don't stop seeking. Seek. Keep seeking. Keep calling on the name of the Lord and keep trusting and believing that whatever you ask and believe, you shall receive. Deliverance is nigh even in your mouth. He said that's where the word is. That's where the power is. That's where the authority is. And that's where your victory is in the word of God. May God bless you this morning. May heaven smile upon you. Let us pray. Father, we bless you. We praise you. We thank you for this message. Let us accomplish that for which thou hast sent it, the word. Let it pierce the hearts and souls of all of us. And let it be used to glorify, edify, uplift, and inspire the hearts of your people. Bless them and keep them, protect this nation from all of the atrocities and all of the persecutions, all of the trials and tribulations that are going on around us on every side. Bless the assembly of your people and protect their lives. Keep us safe from hurt, harm, and danger from all of the destructions of men and evil in this world. We bind powers of Satan, demonic powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. We come against the prince of the air and loose and call forth the holy angels of God, Michael and Uriel and Joel, to protect and watch over us. Keep us from Protect us. Guide us and comfort us. We'll be so careful and so worthy are you of all the praise of the glory from your people. These blessings we ask to create the clear by faith. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, our Savior, Christ the Lord. We pray and ask it this morning. And all of God's people said, Amen. God bless you this morning. May heaven smile upon you.